Hello, everybody. This is Civil Trials, the discussion show for the Murder Board Podcast. I'm your host, Walter, and tonight I am here with Shelton. Hello. Javon. What's poppin', Shen? And Chris. Welcome back, Chris. What it do? What it do? He's making his grand return. (laughs) And uh, tonight we are discussing Stranger Things, specifically seasons one through four. So if you haven't seen Stranger Things, this is your spoiler warning. And if you have... I hope you enjoy our little show here. This has been a long time coming. I remember last year, Javon mentioned, I think after we did a spree that he wanted to do Stranger Things and immediately went on the schedule. Only downside is that we had to wait a year because of COVID. So that's why it's been delayed. And, um, but Stranger Things. Um, I didn't have got any better timing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. I don't even know. I honestly did not know where to start with uh Stranger Things cuz it, it feels like we should just dive in and we will. So um I do have like two questions I want to ask you guys. But for our audience out there who are also familiar with Stranger Things, I'm assuming given that this is one of the biggest modern franchises question mark or at least the mo- uh, biggest TV shows or streaming shows out there from Netflix, the best way to describe Stranger Things which is um it, I think is a tough question when you actually think about it because it has su- it has so much going into it, and so my best description was if Stephen King, John Carpenter, Wes Craven, and Steven Spielberg had a baby, <laughs> and it was like Fairly Odd Parent style where you know it, they had to poof the baby out, it would be Stranger Things. That that's <laughs> that's what I came up with. Uh, which leads me to basically just us going back in time ourselves, given that the show does take place in the 80s. But um, going back to when it first came out, I think is very important just to have that retrospective because it, the show's come a long way. Like, um, it, it's definitely come a long way. So I'd want to ask you guys about your first time watching it and your first impressions of it, if you can remember, uh, just to get us started. Uh, for me, I felt like i knew about the show way before everyone else i will take that that credit just because uh (laughs) so the show came out in 2016 specifically in june uh or no no, uh, came out in july july i think well i'll get to that when we get to the facts but basically it came out in 2016 2016 is when most of us graduated high school um and i specifically remember um basically when i started hearing about it which was around end of may early june ish where i was listening to a lot of uh movie and tv news on like basically podcasts but they were like news channels it was a part of my daily routine back then um especially going into the summer having just graduated and everything so i remember specifically one episode i woke up did my whole morning thing you know i'm helping babysit and some one of the uh, news people on youtube by the name of Perry Nemiroff, if you may have heard of her, shout out to her, she's great. But she mentioned that she had early access to watching a trailer and a few episodes of this thing called Stranger Things, and she was going on and on about it. Meanwhile, everybody else was like, all right, yeah, that sounds cool, but, you know, also kind of cheap. Because at this point, like, Netflix was still kind of, in a, they were in, like, a, a plateau period with all the Marvel stuff. People were complaining about the episode count, and not a lot of the movies coming around coming out at that time were pretty, were really interesting or good. Um, this is way before Mike Flanagan got a hold of Netflix as well. So Netflix was in like a, a down period. And then Stranger Things came along. And so uh, right after I heard that episode, I was like, okay, I'll keep an eye out for that. 
not like a, a day or week or so later, the trailer drops and I watch the trailer and I'm like, oh my God, this looks amazing. I think that this is going to be the next big thing. And I remember sending it to every single group chat we had. But, you know, back then we had like 12 different group chats, Shelton. I sent the trailer to every yeah. single one of them. And in true group chat fashion, no one responded or acknowledged it. <laughs> and I find it hilarious now. But back then I was very, very not happy with that. And so uh, that was like around May and everything. And then June came out. Uh, the trailer came out in June. And so from there, Stranger Things went on to be released. And I still I believe it was still quiet for like a month or so, at least two months at the most, because no one was talking about it. Now, I watched it the day it came out and I went through it all in like a day or two. And then I ended up showing my family and they all watched the series in a day. Season one, my brother got into it. My cousins got into it. And I remember texting those group chats. Hey, guys, check out Stranger Things. At that point, only like one or two people actually were like, OK, cool ironically as people we don't really talk to anymore but um <laughs> they were into it at some point and then like i don't know what happened but like around uh september ish like end of summer august september stranger things became the biggest thing uh at that time at that point in time and i was like so weirded out and so kind of like pissed off i was like oh come on i was telling people about this show before that but now it's a thing and then you know obviously if you remember that halloween people were dressing up as 11 and whoever i think well, there was a lot of like 11s and wills at that point people were just you know doing dustin dustin hopper as well jo- joyce with the, the the christmas lights it became like the biggest like one of the last biggest halloweens i've seen personally because after that i don't think halloween has been as big or at least nothing has been like super you know well it came out a year later so there was that scratch that then but, you know, Stranger Things was huge at that point. And so I appreciated it, but also kind of like resented it for a while. But I was just glad that people were really getting into this show. And so before I continue any further, I wanted to go back to you guys. Tell the audience here, when was the first time you remember watching Stranger Things or hearing about it? And what's your impression? If you remember, what, what was your what was your impression of the show back then? So let's start with Chris, given that this is his grand return to the podcast. Well, I I definitely remember like the hype that Stranger Things got when when it first came out. And I, 2016, I graduated from high school. I moved to Nashville for college, and everybody was talking about Stranger Things. Everybody, it was all over Netflix. And if I remember at the time, like Netflix didn't really have anything like super popular going. It was probably a bunch of hits and misses. Um, they were just throwing projects out left and right, left and right. So I didn't didn't really think anything of Stranger Things. Um, <clears throat> everybody's talking about it. I didn't watch it the first year. Then by the time season two came out, everybody's talking about it again talking about it again so i i was like you know what i don't really have anything to watch let me go ahead and give it a try and <laughs> i haven't looked back ever since it's like the perfect perfect blend of horror perfect blend of like just coming of age friends like real life even though it's in the most sci-fi possible like <laughs> story yes. you know what i mean but i I've loved it ever since. It's it's like become a huge part of my pop culture fandom. 
Um, and I, I love the hype that it got. Usually I don't try to get into things that have like a lot of hype that everybody else is watching, but Stranger Things is well deserved and I'll continue to support it <laughs> through season five. Nice. Nice. What about you, Javon? When was your first time hearing or watching Stranger Things and what, what is your impression of it? If you remember. So my first time watching it was the first time you watched it as well, too. Um, y'all, y'all graduated in sixteen. I graduated in six. Oof. Oh, six. So, <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like I, I wasn't looking forward to nothing after graduating high school, not Netflix and like that. But um, when I watched it, I watched it when it first came out. Maybe not exactly like the when it exactly came out, but within that first month, people, it was so much buzz about it. And I watched, uh, I watched all the episodes up until it made me, you know, you, you know, you watched. Um, let's just say it's an eight-part series, but they only released four. Mm. You know, so I watched all four, and then I watched the fourth episode twice just to make sure I didn't miss anything because people were saying um, there's a lot of things that, uh, like hidden type things, in that last episode that was televised before they released the ending portion of it, and. Um, it was good, man. It was good. I didn't really grow up in that era of the, like the eighties, you know what I mean? Like the early eighties. Yeah. And so was it? It's early seventies, early eighties, right? 79, 80, 81, 82, 83, 84, 85. Um, I think season one is 83. So it'd be like early eighties. 83. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't grow up in that era. Uh, my older sister grew up in that era, but I remember a lot of things from it because of her, you know? And, uh, it definitely was like on point with everything. It was really cool to see an old, old time. Like, I don't think anybody like really realizes like how much, like the world seemed stressless. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's no social media. There's no computers. There's no, like you know, crazy cars. Everything's kind of like a V8, V6. Everything is like a a, a normal computer, like an old you know, a big massive like white computers that we used to have everywhere um you can tell it's not futuristic and therefore it creates an adventure because some of the questions and some of the things that they were doing nowadays people won't even get off their ass it's like oh my god i wonder if that happened in that town and then somebody would google it and it's all that happened all over the u.s (laughs) you know i mean like it's not even exciting anymore you know i mean you just you just kind of know immediately so it's it's really cool it was it's really cool to watch a show like that and kind of like admire such a, a such a simple time, and then also you're on an amazing adventure because the times are so simple. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like you know a lot of things they did in in each uh, season nowadays wouldn't really ever happen because there would be no need to. Oh, we're gonna go over here. To do this, we have to go see it. We don't know. And nowadays, it'd be like, hey, just one person go over there, call us, let us know what's going on, then come back here quick. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, come back well, before the streetlights come on. Yeah. You know, so it, it's it's cool. It's really, really cool to see a different time. The storyline is really good. You know, it's it's exciting. And just when you think you know what's about to happen, something else happens. And that's the, I feel like that's what makes a great story, you know? So, uh, yeah, it had me hooked from the first, from the first season to the end of the third. 
I was excited for everyone. All righty. Um, all right. And then we're down to Shelton. Shelton, do you remember first time hearing or watching Stranger Things? And what's your first impression, if you remember? I remember when you were like ranting and raving about it. But I don't think I started watching until like around after season two, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I, I binged all of season one and then jumped straight to season two and then had to wait for season three. Right. But it was really good. Like, I, you know, I went into it hearing everybody talking about it and all that. At that point, all you guys have pretty much watched it. You know, all my friends and stuff have already watched it. So I was like, you know, let's see what the hype is about. And I think it lives up to it for the most part. That is high praise coming from Shelton for people who, you know, listen to the podcast. All right. So it sounds like we all had a pretty positive experience with Stranger Things. It's great. Uh, One last thing I want to highlight is that, you know, we all pretty much mentioned the big hype around Stranger Things. And I don't know if this Stranger Things was the first. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's definitely the one that kind of kickstarted the current obsession that pop culture and really Hollywood has with like the 80s, specifically like the mid 80s. Like I know Stranger Things is more early 80s, but definitely like mid to late 80s has kind of like reigned over everything since then. From what I noticed, I, I know it specifically <laughs> also jump started that as well with the Stephen King renaissance. But Stranger Things is really the one that kind of kicked it off. And now I feel like every other like month or so we get something that's like 80s inspired at the least or, you know, set in the 80s. Like I know one of the biggest shows last year was on Freeform. And that was more about the 90s, but it also had flashbacks to the 80s. And it just we're in this age of retroness, which is I think is a lot of more general audiences find weird. But um, it's it's not the first time it's happened, because I know just from like, you know, history, in pop culture history, I should say the 90s kind of had this whole thing where like they were all obsessed with this 1960s for a while on TV. I think that was started with uh twin peaks maybe a few things earlier i know star trek really brought back that 60s vibe in the 90s but um yeah that's just kind of one thing i wanted to uh highlight there uh do you guys agree or disagree do you have any thoughts on that whole thing i definitely think um think it's starting like the little trend of we're not gonna go so far into the future because now i'm thinking about like uh, netflix release at fear street yeah it takes place in the 90s twice in the 1800s or no that the 90s the 80s and the 1800s yep yeah so they, they hit all three uh they hit three big uh time periods for fear street they hit them good too uh well i'll say as far as like the present presentation of the decades yeah i didn't really like the stories much i did they were, I really it's it. fine it's fine Damn straight. <laughs> well, maybe we'll cover Fear Street. Feel Fear Street one day. It depends on what they ha- what they have coming out. But um, yeah, maybe. All right. Um, with that being said, we're gonna go ahead and take our first break, and then I will be back with some quick facts about Stranger Things. Some interesting connections, actually. Um, mainly because we've covered some things recently on the podcast that may have inspired Stranger Things directly. So stay tuned for that. Something is coming. Something hungry for blood. A shadow grows on the wall behind you, swallowing you in darkness. It is almost here. 
What is it? What if it's the Demogorgon? Oh, Jesus, we're so screwed if it's the Demogorgon. It's not the Demogorgon. An army of troglodytes charge into the chamber. Troglodytes. Told you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you hear that? That, that sound. Boom. Boom. Boom! <gasps> that didn't come from the troglodytes. Oh. No, that, that came from something else. Demogorgon! We're deep shit. Will, your action! I don't know. Fireball him! I'd have to roll a 13 or higher. Too risky. Cast a protection spell. Don't be a pussy. Fireball him! Cast protection. The Demogorgon is tired of your silly human bickering. It stops towards you. Boom! Fireball him, I Will! Stop! Boom! Cast Wait. protection! It was an anger! And fireball! And fireball! Oh, Where'd it go? Where is it? I don't know. Is it a 13? I don't know. Where is he? Oh my god, 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 Dad, don't you think that's one more? I think you should listen to your mother. Dang dumb piece of junk. Oh, I got it! Does the seven count? It was a seven? Did Mike see it? Then it doesn't count. Hey guys, does anyone want this? No! Nancy, there's a slice left if you want it. Sausage and pepperoni. Hold on. But there's something wrong with your sister. What are you talking about? She's got a stick up her butt. Yeah, it's because she's been dating that douchebag, Steve Harrington. Yep, she's turning into a real jerk. She's always been a real jerk. Uh-uh, she used to be cool. Like that time she dressed up as an elf for our Elder Free campaign? Four years ago! Just saying. Later. It was a seven. Huh? The wool. It was a seven. The Demogorgon. It got me. See you tomorrow. Alrighty. So, uh, we're back. Here are some quick facts about Stranger Things. Stranger Things released July 15th, 2016 on Netflix, created by the Duffer Brothers, who, again, here's those connections. Before Stranger Things, they were mostly known for Wayward Pines, a failed Twin Peaks-like TV show about a small town in the supernatural. Um, I never watched this show, but I remember when it came out. I know someone who did watch the show and quickly dropped off of it. But the thing <coughs> that, uh, I don't know, if have you guys ever heard of Wayward Pines or watched it? The name Negative. rings the bell big time. Negative. Nope. Yeah, same. It, it, yeah, I remember like the trailers and stuff, and it was you know one of those built-up TV shows. But the person behind it, like the Duffer Brothers, were behind that show, but also it was backed up by uh, M Night Shyamalan, Sheldon, our good friend oh, M Night. 
<laughs> that was his uh that was one of his um what did the article say that was one of his many attempts to get back into the spotlight actually people who don't know the history after m night was kind of like uh shunned from hollywood for a while he tried many times to get back secretly uh one of those attempts would be the movie devil which was supposed to be a trilogy but after that movie came out the studio said actually you're fired then after that he went into tv um and he created wayward pines he created a, a bunch of other tv shows that all failed because of how many seasons did wayward pines get i think it only had one like it didn't do well either one or oh, two <laughs> but i was i was just i find it hilarious I find it hilarious and kind of sad that it was M Night Shyamalan's like comeback and it didn't work. Did wait? Did M Night Shyamalan? Did he do the mist? M Night Shyamalan did split. He didn't do the mist though. That was Frank Darabont. Okay, never mind. I like the mist a lot. The mist is cool. Eh, well, right. the mist is good, man. Especially the ending. Oof, that that ending is controversial. The uh, Wayward Pines had that a is a, that's a tough ending. Yeah, Wayward Pines only had two seasons. So, oh, two's cool. not bad. I think it is pretty bad. I think if a show can get... Show, for a show that's not very well-known, two seasons is decent. Nah, I think a show, no matter well-known or not, if a show doesn't get past three seasons, it's, it's, it's bad news in my book. Because season two is always... At least in my theory says season two is often the bad season because of certain aspects that you kind of get forced into um and i think we'll touch on it here with stranger things i think this is a very big example of why season two tends to not work for people and it kind of it kind of becomes like the redheaded stepchild of every tv show sometimes there are exceptions sometimes season two can elevate a show like you know me and sheldon we discussed scream a while back scream season two was a big improvement but um True. for most shows at least in my opinion season two tends to not be very good or at least at the least very controversial anyway getting back into stranger things here stranger things has four seasons with 34 episodes which 34 doesn't seem like a lot but there's a lot uh the series features winota Ryder, david harbour finn wolfhard millie bobby brown gaten matarazzo caleb mclaughlin natalie dyer charlie heaton Kara Bono, Matthew Modine, Noah Schnapp, Sadie Sink, Joe Keery, Decker Montgomery, Sean Astin, Paul Reiser, Maya Hawk, Parrish Ferguson, and Brett Gelman, among many others. And the plot goes as such. In 1980s Indiana, a group of young friends witness supernatural forces and secret government exploits as they search for answers to children unravel a series of extraordinary mysteries. The budget for, and this is pretty funny to me, the budget for each episode in season one was $6 million. In season two, every episode was $8 million. And in season three, every episode was $10 million. And by season four, every episode was $30 million. So um, Netflix has, I'm convinced Netflix has a vault of money and they just decide very carefully what they want to spend it on. Because, like, Stranger Things compared to a lot of other stuff they put out, there's no reason that something should be looking as cheap as it does. Like, yeah, if you see a lot of Netflix stuff, as at least within the last couple of years, you would be like, excuse me, um, where's the rest of the money for this shot? 
All right. Uh, <laughs> last little bit of information here, just to kind of the creation of Stranger Things. The Duffer Brothers developed Stranger <clears throat> Things as a mix of investigative drama and supernatural elements portrayed with horror, science fiction, and childlike sensibilities. Setting the series in the 1980s, the brothers infused references to pop culture of the of that decade. While severe thematic and directorial elements were inspired by the works of Steven Spielberg, John Carpenter, David Lynch, Stephen King, Wes Craven, and H.P. Lovecraft, they also took inspiration from experiments conducted during the Cold War and conspiracy theory and conspiracy theories involving secret government experiments. All right. Um, with that being said, anything you guys want to add or comment on before we take our next break? They also didn't talk about, like, all the love interest as well, too. Oh, yeah. We'll get to all the lovey-dovey stuff. I'll okay. save that for okay, the, cool. the characters because I don't know. That, that and, like, I want to uh, I don't know if this is a question or not, but I'm just curious. Who, because it's, it's one person that died in the, in the series, like, in the um, seasons. I'm not going to say which season. I'm not going to say who it was. When, when that person died, I was pissed. Oh no! Oh, I I think oh, I know. Yeah. I think I know who it is. I was pissed. I was yeah. so mad. I was so <laughs> yeah, mad. I think we all know who this character is. Yep. Yeah. Like, I was so mad. I was so disappointed. I was just like childhood. I was. Just, I was like upset. Childhood yeah. was ripped away. Yeah. 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 So, well, I know we'll probably get into that later, but yeah, like that. I just wanted to make sure to say something about that because that when he when that person died, I was like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. You know what? Honestly, no, I... his name, man. Rest in peace, Eddie Munson. Rest <laughs> in peace. Oh no! Mm-hmm. I think no, there's no. Every, there's a character every season that kind of like steals people's hearts and then dies. You know, it 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 wasn't Eddie. Eddie was cool. It was the right. it was the scientist. You're talking about uh, Remember the oh um, Bob, huh? No, not Bob. Alexi. Not Bob? Alexi. Alexi. Oh, Alexi. Okay. Totally. When they killed Alexi, I was pissed. I saw that. I was there. like, "That's the nicest dude yeah, ever. The nicest like Russian you'll ever meet, dude. The, the nicest Russian you. ever. All he wanted was a strawberry slushie. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't give a shit about nothing else. He didn't give a damn about what they were talking about. He was like, "Look, if you want my cooperation, I would <laughs> like a strawberry slushie, please." I will say that. I will say that, uh-huh. and then uh, we'll go to break. But like, dude could take a beating because season three opens with him getting smacked. <laughs> yeah, smacked across the face. <laughs> All right. Oh man. Let's let's not delay it any longer. Let's take our last break and dive into Stranger Things. This is Hawkins. I don't know the worst thing that's ever happened here in the four years I've been working here. It was when an owl attacked Eleanor Gillespie's head because it thought that her hair was a nest. out of a hundred times kid goes missing the kid is with a parent or a relative what about the other time what 
You said 99 out of 100. What about the other time? The one! So, we're back with Stranger Things. Um, normally on the podcast, we would either go character by character or season by season. For this one specifically, we are going to go season by season. But instead of more detailed things, we are going to talk about the show as a whole as we go through the seasons. So, we can mention, you know, things <clears throat> from past seasons that may affect, you know, just connections you may make. But um, me personally, in my notes here, I've only highlighted certain events and characters uh, if you guys want to add anything, feel free. But um, diving into Stranger Things here, starting with season one, the season that started it all. Uh, man, the disappearance of Will Byers. Let's get into season one here. Um, I did also go through the effort of trying to pick out every like movie and or TV show that inspired each season. So I know there's tons and tons. So if I didn't get to one and if you guys know it, feel free to tell us. Uh, but if I didn't get to it, I'm sorry. But for season one, I mainly noticed the the influences I noticed was uh, Twin Peaks, E.T., The Goonies, Poltergeist, and Firestarter. Um, so kicking off with season one, overall thoughts. Uh, we're going back to Chris here. What was your overall thought uh, now in retrospect of Stranger Things season one? My biggest question like from season one was where did A.O. get her powers? You know, like where i need explanations and then it takes till season four for we for us to get some of those answers but um <clears throat> you know season one is kind of like introducing the characters introducing the setting um and i think season one just does a great job it shows you how some of these um relationships organically build shows you um some of the situations that these kids like literal kids get themselves into and i just think that season one does a really great job of setting up um what we see now is a pretty big franchise all righty um what about you javon what is what's your overall thoughts on season one looking back 
I think season one was, in my opinion, the best season. Mm-hmm. Uh, then followed by the last season. And then it's four seasons, right? Yeah, four altogether. Yeah. Okay. Season two, uh, to me, was a, a. I didn't like season two. <laughs> I, I don't know what it was. It just seemed like really corny to me. Oh, I know exactly like, what it was. It just was really corny to me. But see, just all right, just to answer your question, season one to me was a masterpiece. And if it wasn't a masterpiece, I don't think we would be where we were or where we are. You know what I mean? Yep. It was so good that I was excited for season two. Disappointed after season two. Rehappy again at season three. And then curious, really I was just curious to see what the hell can they do next with end season four. You know what I mean? So pleasantly surprised at the last season. But season one was a masterpiece. It was it encompassed everything about that era. You really got to know the characters. You really ended up caring about them a lot. And you just wanted them to win. Like, you wanted them to win. You know? And that's, I feel like that's, like, those type of feelings make a great show. I agree with about 90% of that. <laughs> hey, hey, 90% is a B. Yes. And I got C's and D's most of my life. So I'll take a B any day. <laughs> All right, Shelton, what about you? What's your thoughts on... <laughs> season one was the best startup, the best origin story that I've seen really made in any show in a long time where everything that happens in it, it's like if it gets canceled, you're satisfied with that to an extent, but you want it to continue. And like Javon said, fucking... Um, the way you ca- want the characters to win, like how much you care about whether they win or not, <laughs> which season four demonstrated what not just winning looks like for once. Like, it really affects you a lot more and it really has you more immersed into it. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I agree with all of you guys. Season one, definitely a perfect start. Um, looking back on it, what, what I didn't realize when season one came out, is that uh, it is very self-contained. Like, I didn't realize how, like, you have to really pull things out in order to keep it going. Like, it's they kind of set it up at the very end with Will at the Sink. But other than that, it it feels more like a... Uh, it feels like more like a, a self-contained story. And I, I didn't realize that before. But that's what shocked me when I was doing my research and looking back here. I like season one a lot. Season one, to me, is a is definitely a masterpiece it's the only season i've seen more than once i've actually watched season one three times <laughs> um and yeah i i remember watching all of them three times or i remember just you know one of the few shows i binged all the way through without stopping uh i i'd love most of season one there are things that i don't think have aged well mainly because of other seasons and how i feel about characters um most of you know first controversial thing i'll say of the night is that i've never really liked 11 never never really been a fan of 11 millie bobby brown does a great job but i was never i never really cared too much about the characters i did like the agreed group. yeah i, I like the kid group yeah. but me i was always and i guess it's just my preference and people who know me just know that i just go after this more but i was more interested in nancy and jonathan and steve like i like that whole little love triangle and like how 
Barb is like that friend that no one, that everybody kind of forgets about. <laughs> and then she literally <laughs> gets forgotten about and up until she dies. And it's, I don't know why. I just, I really liked how, uh, I, I'll say this and we can kind of go into that conversation, go into this conversation this way. What I love the most and what I remember loving most about season one, rather than all the references and the vibe of it all is that it it really did structure its way really clever lily really clever like i'll say um so you had basically three different storylines you had the kids you had the teens and you had the adults it's kind of the formula they take throughout each of the seasons here but i think it works the best in season one because they all still kind of feed into each other they all still still cycle throughout the uh, series where yeah, you have, uh, you know, Mike running around, but he'll run and pass Nancy and then we'll follow Nancy. And then, you know, she'll say something about Jonathan. And then we'll cut the Jonathan and that'll bring us to Joyce and Joyce and Hopper will do their thing. And really, really Joyce and Hopper kind of separated throughout season one. But Joyce going crazy in her house and that'll bring us to Will and Will is just running around the upside down trying to survive. And it's, I, I liked how, how season one flowed a lot. And that's what I remember most um the hawkins lab how we feel about the villains basically we have the demogorgon and then the hawkins laboratory how'd you guys feel about that looking back on season one you know once once shit start coming out <laughs> and uh you know these guards are still trying to protect i guess like the lab itself like they're more concerned about stopping like hopper like stopping people yeah. rather than stopping what, like once you see something's out of control you know what I mean? Like, shit's, shit's out of control, control. Like, for real. Like, shit's going crazy. <laughs> and your whole focus is, to like, like you're going to lose everything. The whole town, you're going to lose everything to this shit you just opened up. And you're more concerned with the damn town sheriff? <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, the priorities just be fucked up. I just, I'd be confused. But it is a TV show, so, you know. But if this was real life... I guarantee a lot of these soldiers when they saw stuff coming out of that mug and like people getting eaten, it's everybody for themselves. It's like, hold on there. You can't be snooping around this place. Meanwhile, kids are getting snatched right behind them. <laughs> like stuff with like no no head. It like opens up like a Venus flytrap. Like that's normal. <laughs> Nothing to that's see here. <laughs> but the 12-year-old kid, we got to shoot her. Oh, yeah. She's wearing a wig. Get her. They're trying to shoot she's, kids. She's wearing a wig. The middle-aged woman, the middle-aged man, are, they're trying to thwart us. They won't even say stop. They will say thwart because they just so, it's you know, the, classic villain. Yeah, it's the 80s. All right. Um, anybody else want to comment on the, the antagonist of this season, basically? Hawkins Lab, Papa. Uh, who else we got? The Demogorgon. I mean, uh, the Demogorgon is a, a cool... Um, like thoughtless pro uh antagonist you know it's just like a a a walking killing machine it doesn't think doesn't like i like the 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 idea of that you know kind of makes me think of the jurassic world or or jurassic park i should say not jurassic world (laughs) yeah but like um how you just had these these beasts that one-on-one man to man cannot man can't can't like tangle with it definitely <clears throat> i know um i remember the demogorgon getting compared to uh 
to the shark from Jaws a lot. But after having just done really? Jaws, yeah, I remember people were like, it's like Jaws because he just does it mindlessly and he's serving a master. I don't know how that correlates, but I just remember a lot of people were talking about Jaws <laughs> at that point. And so, again, rewatching Jaws, it's like, nah, that, sh- that shark had a mind of its own. That shark had a, had a, a vendetta against that boat. And those dudes out there, <laughs> that shark had a mind. But um, I do, I, I do like the Demogorgon. I like the design. I, I remember after Stranger Things came out, everyone had like the morph suit with the little hat. <laughs> that was the thing, and it would put oh, it on. God. You had they put it on children, like babies were wearing it. Cats were or there was a big thing with cats for some reason. But yeah, the Demogorgon became like an icon of its own. <laughs> 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 a little fucking demogorgon running right towards you, dude. <laughs> oh man, I'll say this. Um, in season one specifically, what, what, who was your favorite character? Um, Javon, let's Hop- start with you. Hopper. 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 All right, Chris. Hopper. <laughs> Hopper. Really? Yeah, Hopper. Pretty much been Hopper We're all every season. Okay, okay. I'm gonna say, wow. I I liked Hopper. I he grew on. He had to grow on me. But uh, my favorite character in season one specifically was definitely Mike. Really? I liked Mike. I liked. <laughs> I liked Mike a lot. I think Finn Wolfhard. Wait, Mike, Mike was Mike was eventually Eleven's boyfriend, right? Yeah, the little yeah. yeah I liked That's Finn right. Wolfhard a lot. I think he did a great job as little little antagonist, not antagonist, little protagonist Wolf. boy. He, I don't know. I just, I when I think about season one, I definitely think about I think about Mike and Will the most. Now I will expand on that when we get to season two in a sec here. But I really remember really liking Mike. Um, I just I don't I, I think he was just a, a the perfect little scamp. He was always like in and out of people's business. They never knew where he was, which is a fun little running joke with the parents. Really didn't. Like he would walk out the house, and the dad would be like, "All right, see you soon." And the mom will come down like a moment later. Where's the chids? <laughs> but yeah, um, I also like Steve. I mean, um, this is before Steve kind of had his glow up, but I or he had a great character arc uh, in season one. I think a lot of people caught on to that. Um, but yeah, any any character we didn't like, I, I mentioned I didn't necessarily like Eleven. I just didn't find her that interesting, but I like that she's works for the plot. And is there a character you remember not liking though, Shelton? I'm trying to think. I don't. I don't think so. Oh, that's. I mean, besides like the the scientists and shit that you're supposed to not like, not really. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, you, Chris? Um. Yeah, I don't think there was anybody in season one that I particularly didn't like. I do want to throw in the effect on Eleven. Um, I kind of agree that she's like not the greatest character. Like, it, it really bothers me that she speaks in speaks at a third grade level or something. You know, like <laughs> why can't she just why why can't she just talk? <laughs> yes, like. I mean, they kind of give you a reason, but even that's that it's like, okay, I get it when she was like, you know, five, but now that she's like clearly like, you know, 11 ish, I mean, I guess it will be a 10 or 11, <laughs> a 10 or 11, maybe going on 12. Sentences would help a lot. <laughs> I think out of the, out of the friend group, though, Dustin is my favorite. Dustin does grow a, a tremendous amount, but yeah, Dustin's great. 
Uh, Javon, did you have a, a a least favorite from season one that you can yeah. remember? Not uh, season one. I feel like there's always one that you're just kind of like, ah, you could, I could do without you. Honestly, I could have deal without Mike's best friend. Like the one that went in the upside down. Like if he went in the upside down and then like disappeared for a long time, <laughs> and then we came back to him and had like one episode and then he disappeared until they saved him, I would have been perfectly fine. Aww. <laughs> no, that I, I I agree with him. Really? Damn. Damn. Not, not yeah, there's only one. There's only really one other person. Will. I was saying I didn't really care for Will that much. Like if if he. It died at the beginning of the season, and the whole episode, I mean, and the whole season would have been, like, just the friends trying to figure out what happened to him or just still searching for him. I would have understood it, because that's honestly what I thought happened. I didn't think he survived. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I remember liking Will a lot. I, I do like I do like Will a lot in later seasons, just because I, I feel so bad for the kid. Season one, he is easy to forget about. Because he's just kind of, you know, stuck to a tree for most of it. <laughs> um, yeah, he has a little tree saga. <laughs> tree snails. Hey, I'm going to be honest. There's only one other character through the entire seasons, like every one of them, that I could have easily done without. Who? And that was the girl that was dating the the black kid. I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on names. Oh, Max. I could have done without Max just great, because... Bro. Because Max spent the that. entire time I ever saw her on, on 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 the screen as like the troubled kid, and to me, like it's just like there's so much shit happening right now. I like how on fucking earth can you focus on what your problems are? People are being killed, and you know about it. <laughs> Supernatural shit is happening, and you know about it. Like the I mean, government is coming after you. Like people are coming after you. When on earth would you have time to care about your home life? I mean, you can say the same thing about Jonathan because in season one, he has like that whole episode about my dad. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. But you know what? When Max's brother died, that was a big moment. Like, that was a really, I felt really bad then. But then all of season four, she just treated, uh, what's the name bad? Lucas. I feel uh, like she, she did Lucas. have the demon from the upside down in her head, though. <laughs> Okay, before we get too far ahead, well, that, no, that wasn't that wasn't until the she, he didn't start targeting her to the end. Eh, look, let's let's no, scale he, it. He had been because by the by the time the end comes, he had already fucked with her twice. Let's scale yeah, it back a bit, Walter. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I let's scale it back a bit though. So I feel like that's a sign that we should move on to season two. But <laughs> just in case anyone want to add anything else for season one before we move on. This is now's your time, going once, going twice. All right, that that's proof there that we all collectively forgot about Barb, <laughs> and I just wanted exactly. to point that out. I care less. <laughs> no, I, I thought about it. Yeah. I just find it like, so. I thought. I I just feel so bad. Like, okay, the character to me was fine. Like, I figured she was gonna die, but then at the same time, you know, season two of Riverdale comes out, and the actress plays a pretty important character to there and she gets so she gets kind of the same treatment where she doesn't die but she gets like 
you know, ran out of town essentially. So she kind of disappears from the show. And I felt so bad because I was like, wow, this actress just only plays the the minor character who goes away. Like that's kind of her thing. And goes away. <laughs> and she did get bullied for it, which was I found very, very sad. But I, just, I think she's pretty good. Barb, yeah, I like that. I like what she does for Nancy. Nancy, you know, she provides that guilt. But um, one last thing before we move on here. Uh, each season kind of showcases a song. And me being the person that I am liking music. So the song that showcased in season one, which I think a lot of people forget about, but uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go by The Clash, which provides a nice emotional link for uh, Will and Jonathan. Uh, it actually helps Will get back from the upside down or let them know uh, that he's uh, near, which I think is looking back, whether they intend it or not, is great foreshadowing for what they do in season three with or season four with music. So, you know, mm-hmm. keep that in mind. But moving on to season two.
So, like I said, each season kind of takes from a certain amount of movies and pop culture from the 80s. Uh, season 2 has the most, and I feel like this is why a lot of people don't like Season 2. They And this is, again, going back to my theory of that Season 2 tends to not be the, the, the shining light of most TV shows uh, streaming or on actual television. But uh, Season 2, they drew a lot from Aliens, Ghostbusters, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, The Exorcist, x-men and monster squad among many others i know i'm forgetting a few but they make a lot of references the only reason i didn't include halloween is because it's more of just a visual reference rather than an actual plot reference but we'll get to that later but uh season two going back to javon here what do you remember about season two of stranger things sir not a whole bunch because i try to block it out of my memory i just is i remember l going on like her adventures uh kind of trying to find people like her a lot of suffering on hopper's part and you know everybody trying to get back to a normal life but knowing good and damn well there's no way there's no way you can just live there and just you can there's no way you can just keep living there after all that <laughs> yeah but they tried <laughs> yeah, why didn't, yeah why didn't they move in season <laughs> you would think they would well um, i would have moved so fast <laughs> i would have moved so fast as soon as it was over it would have been the cheapest house sale in in their town's history. Honestly, though, and just before I move over to Chris here, I I was so surprised that we didn't have like Joyce was encouraging Will to get back out there and socialize. In my head, I was like, I feel like she would have chained him like that that one movie with Samuel Jackson and that white girl where he had her chained up so she could stop being a, a slut. But I feel like she would just have <laughs> Will chained to the house so he wouldn't go anywhere else. Uh, all right, so Chris, what do you what do you uh what's your impressions of season two? What do you remember? Um, I like Javon said, not not much from season two. Um, it's honestly the most forgettable season. I couldn't. Like every season has a very distinctive thing that you can think about to to call back on it, and I cannot think of anything from season two. Wow. Um, I know this is the season where Dustin has Dart, a little pet that <laughs> eats the stupidest his- thing he's he's done. Yes, eats his other pet. Easily the stupidest thing. <laughs> um, it's clearly a demogorgon, a baby demogorgon that he just raised and fed to full strength and full health then there's the bitchin outfit change for 11 that didn't last long nope (laughs) and and this is this pretty much where we established the three inch or the two inch rule for the door at the cabin no that is season three probably that's it see (laughs) yeah this is where and just because i i I don't want to give myself away. Basically, season two does begin with because season one ends with we don't know where Eleven is. And so season two begins with like, yeah, no, Hopper knows where Eleven is. She's in a broken down cabin he used to own. (laughs) And so they're fixing the place up. They're not living there yet, but they're fixing it up. Well, she's living there, but just because she she lives like a squirrel at this point. (laughs) Uh, Shelton, what do you remember from season two? I remember... Hopper and L were living in the little cabin or whatever. They were fixing it up or whatever was going on. Everything was nice. And they got real angsty <laughs> real quick. Ah, Shelton's worst enemy. And oh. then I don't even remember what happened with her trying to find whoever the fuck. But that was so damn boring. Oh, It my. didn't really go anywhere or do anything. Oh, man. 
He, it was just like, hey, we're going to do a little spinoff for this episode real quick. You guys have fun. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly their intent. I am one of the few people that actually really likes season two. <laughs> I remember being so excited for it. I remember when season two came out, actually. I remember when the trailer dropped because at this point my mom was pregnant and I <laughs> woke her up to watch the trailer and she was like oh that's it it's not out yet and i was like no this is just a trailer it just came out and she you know quietly told me to get out <laughs> um i i just remembered uh, okay season two overall i get why a lot of people didn't like it i understand where you guys are coming from as well but i feel like a lot of big things that the show is known for happens in season two i remember season two getting a lot more hype than hate it got um, you know, in this one, season two, what I love the most is definitely Mike and Will. Their relationship and their friendship is very much defined here. You know, I really liked Mike in season one because of how he determined he was. And he was like, I'm going to find my best friend, Will. Meanwhile, he's going to help this other person who's going to help him find Will. And ends up finding love on the way. Cute, sweet. They're also like 12. So, you know, but still, I, I think season two pairing uh, again Noah Schnapp and uh, Finn Wolfhard together was a really good advantage this season had because, you know, I remember the Halloween episode where, you know, Will, I love Will this season also. He's having these strange visions and teleporting everywhere. And Mike is always the first one to be like, where's Will? Along with Joyce. And she's like, where's Will? Yeah. <laughs> he's always just like standing off in the distance. Like he's never actually disappears, which is a nice little like detail if you notice. Um, I just, I don't know, I like the vibe of this season. I do think the story was told very weirdly, but I also love how, I, I think I like the pacing of this season a lot. It does slow down when you get to Eleven's little, you know, should we do a spinoff episode, which is essentially what it was. They were like, let's do a backdoor yeah. thing. Let's see if people want to see a group of Elevens. And the answer was absolutely not. Um, but I did, I love Max. I love Billy. They're my favorites this season, along with Mike and Will. I... They, I I like the actors that do it, especially Decker Montgomery as Billy coming hot off of Power like Rangers. Billy. Yeah, like <laughs> Billy was great. I like what he did with Steve and how, you know, at this point, Steve is like, I'm going to be a nice person. And then you get a person, you get Billy coming in there and just beating the crap out of him every day at everything he does. You know, I do <laughs> like the basketball scene between them there. The, I think it's just great. Um, Dustin got on my nerves a lot this season, though. Him and his little side plot with Dart. Me too. Get, cut yeah, it. they could have really could have definitely cut it but we also get introduced to two other fa fan favorites murray with uh nancy and jonathan doing the little conspiracy thing and then erica erica doesn't get a lot to do this season she's only in like what two episodes where she just like just makes fun of lucas but she ends up becoming a pretty big part of stranger things later on a pretty important part i would say because she's uh, I, I like what they did with her um lucas i kind of had him by himself because I liked this little side love story with Max, but they were doing a uh, a thing where they kind of do. Um, and this is how I know. I, this is how I know the writers don't really know what to do with Mike and Lucas sometimes. Where whenever Mike and Lucas are together, they're usually they're usually talking about girls or arguing about girls, and that's how I know. Okay. If they're doing that for more than two episodes, I know they didn't really know what to do with those characters because <laughs> they're focusing on other people. Uh, Eleven and Hopper, I. Don't really care about those two. Although I did like Joyce and Bob, R.I.P. Bob. Nice little Goonies reference. And I like how he helped figure out what was going on with Will. I do. I love 
Will's whole like possession storyline. It's very Exorcist. It's very th- the thing. Uh, that's another movie I forgot to mention, but I, I love it. And then we get Babysitter Steve, which is became like a, a meme of itself. But everybody Baby loves, <laughs> yeah, everybody loved Steve and Dustin together, which I think curses is, is, is a very is a, it was a good decision. The actors work well with each other, but it became a thing I grew to dislike as seasons go on. But um, I do I do like I think season two probably has the best finale. Uh, the final episode is really good, where <laughs> Will basically like manipulates all of them twice, and then it takes uh eleven to close the gate in order for them to save Will, and then for them to exercise the mind flare out. I think the mind flare works as a really cool villain. There's a lot of stuff in this season that I remember liking a lot of but i do understand why people dislike it and i think it does get outshined but i don't think it's the worst season it is definitely probably the most forgettable season but i think this season has so much uh built in it that especially when it comes to character relationships you learn a lot about max and billy and billy going after uh mike's mom at some point which (laughs) becomes a thing Man, she almost cheated on her husband with him. She almost risked it all. <laughs> that was some shit. She legit, she legit said, should I just say fuck these kids and run off with a 19-year-old who is somehow still in high school? Uh, she, she, was, she was about it. <laughs> like, she, like, she didn't care. She didn't care about none of that. She was, she was, chasing, the, she was chasing the fantasy. Yes. But, um, yeah, I just... Anything you guys want to comment on? I just really... I. I wanted to point out a lot of stuff that I remember liking from season two, but any objections or anything you guys want to add there? No, no, no. You, I mean, it's it's been it's solid. Yeah, there's a lot of good things here. All right, I I, I guess I'll take it as a sign that we should move on to season three. But last thing, again, they do a they feature a song every season. Season two, I like the ending. Uh, they're at the little winter ball dance. Dustin helps, not Dustin, Steve helps Dustin with his hair and it gives Dustin some confidence to go out and grab the girl he wants. And he ends up dancing with Nancy after Steve had lost Nancy and decided to choose Jonathan. Um, and we also get Mike and Eleven kissing again. And we get Lucas and Max, which I was definitely rooting for. Um, also, I do, I do like, yeah. I do love the fight between uh, Billy and Steve at the end there, where Steve is going after Max and trying to drag her home, and Steve is like, nah, and Steve he gets his ass kicked, uh, and it just it takes he Max has ass kicked that whole season. Yes, and it takes Matt uh, Max with a bat to take down Billy. Um, but yeah, the the song they see they feature this season is one of my favorite songs of all time, actually. You know, but time after time by Cyndi Lauper. Uh, you know, a little fun fact about Walter, but me and a girl had a tryst and that was, this was quote unquote, our song. If you know, back in those middle school days, that kind of how you defined a relationship by having a song. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there's that with that being said, let's move on to season three. And now, you are going to have to let us stay. Does it make sense? I closed the gate. 
What if he never left? What if we locked him out here with us? He'd want to attach himself to someone again. A new host. It's building something. No matter what happens, we have to stop him. Together. Now it's time. We are going to end you. We are going to end your friends. And we are going to end everyone. in danger. We need to end this. I can fight. Better than any of us. But I need you safe. What the hell? I need you to trust me. This is the season I don't like, but just real quick here. Here are all of the, the movies and season three has a lot packed into it. Season three has a lot of references going on. All right. Season three, you got Jaws, Dawn of the Dead, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Shining, The Terminator, Red Dawn, Christine, because <laughs> I bet I put Christine because everybody there's a lot of assault with cars in this season. Like people are constantly getting ran over <laughs> or thrown out of cars in this season. <laughs> And uh, yeah, so that's that's mainly it. Um, so yeah, Sheldon, what was what do you remember about season three? What what you like? What you don't like? I liked season three honestly overall. That was the season with the mall. Uh, Max's brother dies. Yeah, I really enjoyed that season. Chris and I just really loved uh, the introduction of the mall. And they they portrayed like how popular the mall was when they first first became a big popular thing. Uh, what about you, Javon? What's your what do you remember about season three? Season three, like, gave me hope again that if they were going to continue to do it, that it was going to get better. Because if it was going to be season two, if they did another season two type thing, I wouldn't be on this podcast talking to you about it. Because it just, it wouldn't have been any better. But I think, like, making uh, Billy the bad guy was perfect. Like, mm-hmm. it was just good, man. It was so good. And uh, he played it really well, you know, like the the theory behind it and how everything came to fruition in the end, or not maybe not even the end, but like as it was building up, I was like, man, this this is good. Like it's it just got better, better, and every episode got better and better and better. And that's 
Yeah, that's that's what was lacking from season two, in my opinion. Really? Okay. Season three for me was a. Uh, I understood why people did like season two, but I thought season two had a lot going for it as far as like moments go. And uh, just to kind of go back to my theory, the reason I think season twos of TV shows tend to not be the greatest is because. You know, season one tends to be a full on story. It's a very self-contained thing in most TV shows because there's one story to tell and then they'll tease something And the way they structured Stranger Things was that each season is essentially a mini movie um, in the vein of like Star Wars or Indiana Jones, you know, that kind of that type of movie. And so I was super excited for season three. I liked the mall aspect of it. I liked what they were referencing, you know, Jaws specifically and Body Snatchers and Terminator. But Season three for me, the reason I did not fully, I don't fully go with season three, like a lot of people do, is because I hated, and this, you know, I, Shelton knows this, I hate when TV shows and or movies, in order for them to make up for the lack of storytelling or the lack of story overall, they'll separate a lot of their characters and give them their own storylines throughout the whole season. And I absolutely hate that, especially when it comes to an ensemble piece. Like I mentioned, season one is a masterpiece for me because despite having three different storylines, they all filtered in and out of each other up until they come together at the very end. And that I like that. I, I think that's great, especially when you're dealing with a lot of characters. Season three, every single character is does not even speak to each other from episode two all the way up until the finale where they're all in the mall again. And there are just certain things that are just too much of a reach for me. I don't like any of the Russia stuff. I think it's necessary because you want to create more conspiracy, but you know, for that time. And again, they're referencing red Dawn that that was the big thing there, but the season, like I hated, I did, I, I, I did hate a lot of it because I, did not like the fact that, you know, we get we get introduced to Robin this season, which she's great. My Hawk is probably the best part of this this year, this uh this season alongside Billy. But why the hell does Steve, Robin, Dustin, and Erica spend the entire season in an elevator for days upon days up until the very end? Like I that irritated the crap out of me. Why does Billy hang out in a just I mean I did like Billy, but like the fact that he's hanging out in a like a steel mill just outside of town that no one happens upon for most of the season up until he's kidnapping people because the whole time he's kidnapping and killing people. Meanwhile, Nancy and Jonathan are going on their little detective thing, but Nancy stops every episode to go, Well, here's how they're treating women badly. Okay, and then Jonathan filters that by going, Well, this is how they're treating young men. And it's like, well, which which story are you telling? Meanwhile, we got Mike and Lucas again. They didn't know what to do with these characters because the whole entire time Mike's talking about well uh, Eleven and how she doesn't like him anymore, and Lucas is talking about how he can win Max back. Mean it, 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 the whole time. Meanwhile, my favorite character is sitting there in a fucking wizard robe, going, "Let's play D and D again." And they're just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is going on with this season? I did like Alexi. I did like Hopper and Joyce this season with Murray. I think their storyline was the only one I was really like enjoying because alexi was pretty cool and seeing hopper and joyce together are, are good i think david harbour and winona Ryder have really good chemistry specifically in this in this season although joyce is weird with the whole the magnet the magnets are sticking and thus stranger things are happening again 
like that's that's the kind of how the season gets kicked off. I that's I, how she found it out the first time. I mean, like she found the whole thing with the lights in season one was because Will was speaking through the lights because the upside down. Here, it's the magnets aren't working. Something weird must be going on with that lab we had closed down a year ago. Like that. That well, was yeah, their magnets not work in season one too. No, the season one it was just the phone and the lights. Oh, it was just the lights. Yeah, huh. it was just electrical things. Here, it's literal it's magnesium. Magnets. <laughs> And yeah, I just think there's too much packed into season three and for so much to be packed inside of it, for them to separate it all like that irritated the crap out of me. But from what I'm hearing, you all enjoyed season three. Yeah. The- oh, yeah, of course. Like, like I said, I loved every season except for two. Uh, season three, like anybody that knows me, like I like a lot of action films, like action slash action comedy slash action slash, you know, like kind of suspense type stuff. So I feel like season three was like, so season one, I feel like was a big mystery thriller. Season two was a uh, character builder type of feel, like where you really, I guess they try to get really deep with the characters. Season three was all right, cool. The boring stuff's over. We're going to punch you in the face with action. Because <laughs> Billy as a main character, Billy as a like a villain was like, my man was ruthless. Yeah, I did like but that. He was already ruthless. He was yeah. already ruthless before. As a normal person, like he was a dick, like he was, he was terrible. But him with no so, like him with like being controlled by that thing, it's almost like he liked it. Which proves my thing I've always thought about in in, in childhood is that you never trust the Red Ranger because they're always the first one to turn on you. <laughs> I w- I wouldn't go in there at all, but I that is uh, ironically it is true. Yeah, <laughs> curse my my back knowledge of Power Rangers, but yeah, that's usually how it goes. Um. So yeah, I mean, I yeah, I understand why a lot of people like season three. Season three is definitely the flashiest season. Like they got a lot of neon lights this time, um, a lot of a lot of colorful clothing. Uh, I do like Max and Eleven together. I think them building that friendship was a good way. Uh, again, I feel like a lot of the characters are just written to be out of the way so they can you know make room for what they were doing, which ah uh. uh I don't have I'm I don't know season three baffles me a lot I do like the carnival episode the carnival the episode where they finally have the carnival underway and Hopper and Joyce are running away from a gun toting maniac like you know yeah <laughs> like they literally go in the fun house and he's just shooting mirrors meanwhile kids are like right off to the side <laughs> like he didn't give yeah, a like style. yeah <laughs> he didn't give a fuck he was just shooting I was like I'm pretty well, sure there for one thing and one thing only. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like, like if anything happened in that house, they were to be killed. They got out the house, unfortunately. So he was like, "All right, first things first, kill Lexi. <laughs> he he got to die." And that was his whole mission. Yes, I'm just saying. Like, I'm pretty sure a lot of those kids got sh- like shot by like stray bullets. They had to. To me, to me, I liked when uh, the dude fucked up the mayor. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I did like that. the The whole thing with her, I, th- I like the hospital chase. Like there's things I like, like the hospital chase with Nancy and Jonathan, and then again, like uh, I'd like when characters come together. But Max and uh, Will and Lucas and uh, Mike are there, and so they all kind of come together at the hospital, only for the giant spider goop to kind of run away. Robin's in this season. We don't talk about. I, I feel like we should talk about Robin a little more before we move on. But Robin's great. I think Maya Hawk is a breath of fresh air. 
He's definitely one of my favorite characters. Yeah, Robin was cool. She, she, she was, was super good, cool. She was a better companion for Steve, I feel like. Yeah. Than Dustin. Someone who's actually his age and can banter with him on yeah. something that isn't childish. Like the the whole lesbian twist. Yeah, that kind of sucks. I felt so bad for what's his name? Steve. <laughs> for Steve, man, because really, really, they are like super tight. Yeah, they ha- they have really good chemistry together. Like it's really good, and she's like, "Um, I like girls." <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh man, wow, really? We almost died together like twice. Yeah. You um, know, I've saved. I think he saved her once. I don't know. It's just like it's just weird. <laughs> yeah. It's like so weird. I did, and say, that wasn't taboo back in the day, you know. Yeah, I yeah. I, Robin does a lot. She lifts a lot in this season. And again, I just I felt so bad for Will having those visions, still getting the little hairs on the back of his neck, only to like be ignored by everyone. He whines too much. Oh, but it's not his fault. It's just not. I don't even. And this is before everybody was like, "Oh, I think he's gay." I I was thinking, no, this kid like missed like a good part of his a good chunk of his childhood and is like severely traumatized and no one's doing anything about it he just wants to go back to normal meanwhile puberty hits so how do you deal with that i think it's a good question that they don't really dive into as much and you don't you don't think he's liked him from the beginning i mean i can see it but i think that's just because noah snap the actor is just a really skinny dude and they keep putting him in this whole like you know a dumb and dumber haircut like <laughs> yeah i think he just looks they keep getting ball cuts yeah they, he looks the part because of just how frail he looks but i think like if you were really to dive into will like i think they should there's more there than oh i was the kid that got kidnapped a few years ago i mean he has a great scene in this season where he destroys the treehouse and like jonathan kind of watches from the window i think or the doorway in the middle of the storm, right before the final battle, though. So it's like, Will gets this big moment. We have to put that aside because giant monsters are destroying them all. <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah, he just gets shuffled off. I will say, um, last. Great. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go to season four, and that'll pretty much conclude the podcast here. But before that, like I say, each season highlights a song. And this one is my absolute favorite. I do love this moment. I do love this, like the way they present this song here. We get introduced. So I like the running joke that this season, uh, Dustin went off to summer camp and he met a girl and now he has a girlfriend. We get Susie. I like the fact that they think it's a fake girlfriend. (laughs) They think it's a fake girlfriend throughout the whole entire time. And then at the very end, she helps save the world. And to reward us, they sing the never ending story. And I, I absolutely love that moment. I listen to this song sometimes I I just love the whole scene and I like how Eric kind of stops and is like, all right, that's enough. But it's it's a fun moment though. It's a funny moment because like they do it right over the walkie-talkie, so we get shots of everybody just kind of reacting to one just reacting to Dustin singing, <laughs> and then for him to be like <laughs> in perfect pitch with this gr- this random girl that they thought was a fake girlfriend. It's just a it's in context wise, it's hilarious. Everybody's fighting for their lives while <laughs> Dustin's singing. Just fucking confused. Yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, never-ending story. The real artist is Lama, 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 uh, Lamal. I I think that you know credit them for the original Ooh. song. The, the original singers. That I don't know. L I M A H L is their name. 
It's okay, Walter. Yeah, I we all we know I can't pronounce shit. All right. <laughs> Let's get to the end here with the most recent season, season four of Stranger Things. since you left, everything's been a total disaster. For a while, we tried to be happy. Normal. I know that's impossible. you guys far from Hawkins because I thought you'd be safe a war is coming I'm afraid your friends at Hawkins are very much in the eye of the storm I don't have my powers to say this other than just to say it without you we can't win this war see you on the other side on the other side convinced I was put here for some other reason. Maybe I can still help. Even if it's the last thing I do. People say Hawkins is cursed. They're not way off. All right, so for this season, we have a lot more horror references going on. They really leaned into the horror with this season. Uh, we have they an... really did. I loved it. Same, man. Uh, so they're My going... My favorite season. Ooh, all right, we're finally getting to some good stuff then. 
So uh, this season, they're referencing a lot of A Nightmare on Elm Street, Evil Dead, Hellraiser, Halloween, Stephen King's The Stand, Stephen King's Salem's Lot, Stephen King's Dark Tower, The Lost Boys, Carrie, Star Wars, and The Amityville Horror, among others. Like I said, I may not have gotten them all, but that is the ones that I noticed the most. All right. Going back to you, Chris. Season four. Oh, my gosh. This is like (laughs) some some of my favorite media that i've watched in a really long time like i just loved every moment of it i was glued to the screen for when they released the first few episodes then the last two episodes i was counting down the days i loved every single episode every character i loved every storyline even though this one was branching all over the place and they might have been a little hard to follow at some points yeah, I loved every bit of it. Like they, I feel like they did a really good job of balancing it. Maybe the least interesting thing is the Russia um, Hopper being stuck in Russia because you know he, he escapes from prison, goes back to prison, escapes again, and goes back <laughs> for another time. I was like, oh my gosh, can he just please come back to America? I was like, can they just give him a jacket? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just needed a new. He had that same like dusty like ripped puffer coat the entire time up until the very end i was like guys there's got to be more coats around here but um man this season was just amazing i i love how as the kids have gotten older they're they're dealing with increasingly worse threats <laughs> um putting putting a villain who can actually speak and uh clarify you know like what he's doing he has a plan um he can communicate. I love the stakes. Like the stakes are way higher. Kids are floating in the middle of the streets, <laughs> uh, getting their bones literally bent in all different types of directions. Like it, I've never seen anything like that on the screen. And they showed it time and time again. Like the stakes were so high. They killed off characters that were actually like, like early on, yes. like Chrissy, really good character. Um, the journalist kid. <laughs> really good character. Well, I, he was a good character. I'm not gonna say really good, but yeah. Um, man, I just, I just loved every aspect of this season. All right, all right, Javon, season four. Yeah, season four was season four was great. It was like if it ended on season four, I, I would be fine with that. Um, to me, my favorite part was how how they brought everything together in the end. To me, the whole. Vecna and like uh, it, it was crazy. It was crazy to know that Eleven really did start all this. This is really, but actually she didn't start all this. He did, but she he opened he opened the gate. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if, like if she wouldn't have done what she did to him, if she just would have killed him like normal, just a normal killing, <laughs> then none of this other stuff would have happened. You know what I mean? Like, like, he he was snapping people's bones and necks and, like, you know, pretty much destroying them from the inside out. If if she just would have did something similar to, like, that, like, just snapped his neck or, you know, like, yeah, just something like that. Yeah, the old Then we wouldn't have any of these issues. The old, yeah. the whole, the whole Thanos Thor thing going for the head. <laughs> if she just went for the head. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was crazy to see. To me, I love a good show that, like, when when they bring everything together, it makes every episode mean something. Yes, that is a big thing for me. Yeah, I love I love that. Like, 
you think about all the seasons and you think about all the stuff that they went through and how it all comes back to what was just explained. I love that. So that, that had a set for me. My mind was blown at that point. Yes. Oh man. All right. Shelton season four. Um, season four, like if season one, wasn't the beginning that started it all, you know, the, the perfect origin for the series, then, then season four would be the best. Because just how dark it was, how every little, every different aspect of the story all came together to the whole central plot, how things connected from earlier seasons. It just did, they found a way to do everything. Yeah. And then they took the mystery away from what, like, okay, so, you know, with the Demogorgon or the Mind Flayer or whatever, there's that mystery of what it wants to do, you know, whether it's just evil or it has a plan, etc. And that kind of mystery adds to the fear a bit. They took that away and somehow maintained <laughs> how fucking terrifying it is. Because this, this dude is just fucked up in the head. He will not care to the point where he will murder children <laughs> to open these gates. Yes. It's insane. Yeah, man. It also kind of begs the question, like, wow, there were so many kids that he killed and, like... A handful of them did escape and, you know, went off into what where were they at? Chicago with that whole season two episode. But like, wow, <laughs> they 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 got lucky. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, really lucky. <laughs> <laughs> they dodged a really big bullet. OK, <laughs> yes. Season four, the most recent season, definitely the most horror inspired season. I was super hyped for this one. Back when they first announced it, and, and along with that first announcement, they like, I remember they first announced this their the season four was coming, and then like COVID and stuff happened, so they kept they kind of kept building hype for it as they were really trying trying to figure out what to do. But with the moment they announced uh, Robert England was going to be in this season, I knew it was going to be some special. I was like, yes, they're finally going slasher. I'm here for it. It's the perfect time. They're at the perfect age. They're going to high school. I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one. And yeah. ended up being exactly everything I wanted this season to be and more. This is the only season that brought me to tears, by the way. Like, mm. this season really, like, took me there. And part of me is ashamed to say that. And part of me is really proud of that. <laughs> I only I'm really proud of you. Man, like this season got me, especially those last two episodes. But the first couple episodes are like some of the best kind of like written television I've seen in a long time. Like, you know, I, I rant and rave about Riverdale. I, I do think Riverdale has good writing underneath all the wackiness. Like they do. They do try. And, anyway. But my, my point being, aside from like everything else I've mentioned, t- television wise, streaming wise, like. This is definitely this season by itself is one of the best written t- TV shows I've seen in a, in a very long time. Like I haven't been this impressed in a good minute, and the fact that it came from Netflix shocks me the most. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you, Netflix is more of like a you know you either get what you get, or you, you know you you know uh, especially because Netflix has gotten to the Oscar game and a lot of their Oscar movies kind of yeah. a lot of them suck so um I was so glad that they finally took their time with this one this is the only project I think like covid kind of helped out like I know like covid kind of ruined Marvel and DC but it really helped out stranger things cuz they took their time we got film length 
episodes. How'd you guys feel about the longer episodes? Because I know this was a big like contention on Twitter. How'd you guys feel about? I did that? not mind it at all. Really? Not yeah, I like I like this because it, it made it, it made it worth the wait. It did feel very endgame to me. Yeah, I, I like because the of, because of the longer runtime too. It made the story flow better. I yes yes the pacing is this I did I said season one and season two had really good pacing. This one has the best time management out of all the all of them, and it's just ironic that it's the longest episode you'll ever watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the right, crazy part. It was, was it was good though. Didn't, didn't disappoint at all. Definitely. The crazy part is they extended the runtime without making anything feel like you know how you said with season three that they're just putting characters to the side to to make it focus on certain aspects yes this one handles the whole character storyline much much better i i do hate that again a majority of them were in different states (laughs) but i (laughs) it worked to the point where or even different countries going to hopper and joyce there but it did i guess mainly because this one has really sick transitions like the editing this season is top tier i loved all the transitions and how they were weaving in and out but also the characters actually communicated with each other this time finally Finally. yes (laughs) you know the only one i was really kind of upset with was just lucas but even he was able to run up against uh run into uh dustin and eddie and them and be like all right guys here's what's going on in my (laughs) storyline and so i was i was happy with that i was like finally they're communicating like normal people would in this situation i sound like savannah (laughs) that's what sexy she said about a nightmare on elm street but yeah i i loved it I, i this had a lot going for it um i know uh javon you said you didn't like max I love Max. She's one of my favorites. The only reason I wasn't a big fan of Max was just because of she caused extra turmoil through the entire process while everyone is still going through all this shit. So it's like, not only is people are dying, the thing is going to eventually come after 11. We don't have her powers yet. She's been taken somewhere else. Yeah. And all she could focus on is her own little issues. It wasn't until she was almost killed. Wait, did she die? She was almost killed the first time, and then she had the second time is when she died. Okay, yeah, so yeah, so it wasn't until then that she began to like be a normal person. You know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. just a, it was an extra layer of controversy in a show that was already full of you know danger and and like I mean my guy could strike whenever he wanted. That is true. Yeah, my dude could strike whenever he wanted. <laughs> Like, and you are complaining about, you know, Billy and things like you're still like, yo, it's still there. You don't have time to vent and kind of like, uh, you know, like go through this, you know, go through the, the sadness of losing Billy. Like it's happening again. Focus. Cause like y'all, y'all need to finish this. Then you can be concerned about all that stuff. Then you can whine about stuff. Then you can treat, uh, what's the name like shit. Have <laughs> like, you going to do all that stuff? Yeah. You know, but first like focus on what's happening. Like people are literally being mangled up like 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 chip bags <laughs> that's you know what I mean that's like, right. I feel like I gotta disagree yeah I do too <laughs> yeah me too actually and hey, only- well, that's fine that's fine I just I don't do good with like all, all the over dramatics I couldn't get with it like it just I felt like she had her own spotlight for a long period of time in the show all things, all things considered like cause you find out in the middle of the se- of the season that like, all the symptoms from the people who had died, Max had already been, 
like experiencing them so she's not sleeping she's having weird dreams and shit like that also she kind of killed her own stepbrother so there's that so that's that's (laughs) what i think that's what i was gonna like allude to like uh he you said that she kind of you think she opened up after the vecna incident and i think it's the complete opposite because for the majority of the season you know, she was sitting around with her headphones in, trying to listen to music and try to drown them out. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> it's just like the reason that she was so so unnerved by the situation is because Vecna brought up a good point. You know, he said he said you you probably wanted your brother to die, and so I think from that moment on, she was like really questioning like. I hated my brother, but I loved him. I didn't want him to die, you know. So I, I think it was a lot of guilt weighing on her. And um, man, I honestly thought that she did an exceptional job, like portraying that. Yeah, honestly, out of out of the kid, <laughs> out of the kid actors, I think Sadie Sink is probably the best. Is it? I don't think she's a kid, is she? Not anymore. Well, okay, they're teenagers now, but you know what I mean. <laughs> out of the, hey, out I'm of, just that's. That's just my opinion. Like to me, yeah. You know, like I I get all that stuff, but Billy was a dick before he got possessed, before he got taken <laughs> over. He was a jackass, and he was he looked like one of those burnout like dudes that was like, you know, if he finished high school, fantastic. He probably wasn't going to. He was probably <laughs> going to be a bartender or you know some shit like that where he was going to you know just. You know, have a girlfriend or a wife and beat her and have kids and not be a good dad. That's the type of nigga. That's the type of future I was looking at for that that guy. I remember. You know, he did, you know so I never cared. Like, I never cared for, like, as far as Billy and their relationship, like, you know, to me, I was like, what relationship? It wasn't much of a relationship. It was almost like when uh, someone kidnaps somebody and then that person ends up falling in love with the kidnapper. Oh, Billy and it, it reminded me. <laughs> No, it's it's like a it's like a it's like a um Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome, yeah. Yeah. So she you know, it's like they had so much trauma together, that's why they were, you know, kinda of bonded. If they had a bond at all, it was from all the trauma. So yeah, you and know, I everybody needs a way. Yeah. yeah. I will yeah, say um... but to me like that's <clears throat> that was just like too much it was it was too much to keep up with when he wasn't fucked up. It was a lot to keep up with when he was fucked up. Now that he's gone, it's almost like like now you want to really show how you feel by shunning everyone else. Yeah. And so, at first, I can get it. I understand in the beginning because it's a normal life. Everything seems like it's back to normal, and so she's having to cope. But to me, everybody else on the show snapped into let's save the world mode. And her ass was just like, she, she didn't want to cooperate. So I was just like, you know what? I don't want to, she, she's annoying because everyone else is on the same page. When everybody came together. Except her. Yeah, I think, I think, I think the point Javon is making is the fact that like everyone was like straight to business. Meanwhile, she's kind of like, yeah, but, uh, I mean, this is happening again. Yeah, but but Billy. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like everybody else is like, oh, the upside down. Oh, we got to get to work. Eddie's in trouble. We gotta Let's get to go. work because yeah, we gotta get to work because guess what? You know, this time it's not looking like it's you know we're, it's not looking like we're fighting something physical. We're fighting something that can be inside of you. Yeah, that is true. And kill you at a certain time. Like I could get it if they were fighting another physical entity, where it's like yeah, you know, 
you know, they need to figure out how to kill it. These niggas needed to figure out where it even existed. Like, where is it even coming from? What is it? You know, at first I thought it was like a spirit or something like that. I was uh, lost. I, was I like, mean, yo, what is this? Javon, it's Stranger Things. We know it's the upside down. We just didn't know what he could do. But um, going from there, I will say uh, the only thing I didn't like about Max this season is that they put so much into her character, which I love. I love that her character went this way. Like, I like Max. But they should have did this with Will like two seasons ago. Like, this is this is Will's story arc, and they kind of just gave it to another character. Like, that was the only thing. Like, Will went through the same amount of trauma as Max. I mean, he didn't kill his own family member, but he threatened to kill them. And so there, I feel like there should be something there. Uh, instead, he's, we got the meme of him crying against the window now that I, I hate seeing everywhere. <laughs> Every time I log on to something, yeah. someone puts that meme up. But um, shifting over to the other characters here, though, uh, Eleven and Papa. We haven't really talked about Eleven and Papa that much, but I like their story this time around. They get a big old, a, a nice definitive end finally because, you know, Math, Matthew Modine. Yeah, I think that's his character. He's just season one. I'm gone. And then he's gone for like a, then season three. He's like, yeah, no, I'm alive again. And then we get him in this season. Uh, how, how do we like Eleven this time around? I think she this is the only time. This is the only season where I really did like Eleven because we finally get to see her, her full fire starter. Stephen King <laughs> story. How'd you guys feel about her? Uh, Chris, you know when she when she when she brought the helicopter down, I had a huge smile on my face. Hey, <laughs> that was a good. Story. Yeah, I mean, as a as a whole, she she was kind of wasted a good portion of it. Most of it was really just setting up uh, the story of Vecna. Yeah, but when she did finally come, I mean, it was cool. I don't like that she had to spend her whole whole season getting her powers back, and then Mike. While she's getting her ass, well, Mike had to remind her to fight. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you just spent the whole season doing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that is one thing. Um, again, like I said, uh, you really tell when they don't really know what to do with the characters, and Mike is the prime example. They get they pair him up with someone, and they just let him have a big monologue. I mean, it it was really cheesy. And I don't know if it 100% worked with him just screaming at Eleven while she's, like, you know, dying. <laughs> but it was a yeah. nice moment. Uh, I think it would have been yeah. more impactful if they were actively, like, involved. Like, you know, uh, like in season one, they had the whole slingshot thing. But again, like, Vecna's in a different dimension this time around. So and this is why I... Uh, okay, so this is why... Another complaint of mine. This is why I feel like they underutilize Will. Like, I feel like you could really have this come together if Eleven and Will kind of become this, like, tag team. Like, Will's whole thing is that he can sense the upside down and he can kind of, like, sort of teleport there when he has enough... When he's in enough proximity... And they kind of tease that again at the end of the season. But, like, the whole time Mike is yelling out aloud, I'm like, why don't we just put Will in, like, a freezer and have him kind of, like, help her out a bit? Like, I know he's not psychic, but he could, like, give directions. But instead, she's like, no, I'm going to just piggyback off of Max when they decide to go after him again. <laughs> instead of, like, I, I feel like as a writer, you could write in these characters so they're not just standing around. Like, that's my whole thing. Other than that, the season's great. Let's talk about Eddie real quick because definitely the, the breakout star of this season. And I want to start gearing us to end here. So I want to talk about Eddie and then I definitely want to go back into Vecna a little more. And then we'll start wrapping up here. Um, Eddie, breakout star. What do we think about him? 
favorite character of the season. Right. Yeah. Agreed. He was pretty cool. Yeah. I wouldn't say he's my favorite character of the season, but he, he was a cool addition. Yeah, he didn't get the biggest impact from me, mainly because I kind of called his death from day one. But uh, I I liked his energy. I liked how he interacted with Steve. I like that the the parallel between Steve and Billy and Steve and Eddie and the fact that Billy did so much to keep Steve down while Eddie, despite how combative they were, he kind of helped lift Steve up a bit. Like he was legit, like kind of there for him, even though he was the one on trial for murder. Like I, I did like their moments together, especially them hot, hot wiring the the RV. That was a pretty funny <laughs> moment. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, I do like the they're you know they're looking for uh how to get Nancy out of the trance and <laughs> Robin's like what is this and he goes this is music and that's how they <laughs> that was great yeah that's a good that was a good one Nancy would have died while they were fighting over music yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. Um, Eddie's great. I, like I said, Eddie didn't get the biggest impact from me. I think Max remains the heart of this season specifically. Max and Eleven. <laughs> Even though Will keeps screaming about how Mike is the heart of the group. From what I've seen, <laughs> Mike is the reason we're all in trouble because he's his ass just can't stay still or shut the hell up. Like he, that's kind of how the that happens because he keeps asking about Eleven, which brings the the officers and which one gets her kind of sort of arrested, but also him going to the police the what is it, the station to get her out kind of alerts where they know how to find Eleven at that point. So again, Mike just not knowing what to do. Um, I did like Lucas's little side story as well. Um, yeah, I was a fan of that storyline. I was glad he finally had something to do too. Like instead of playing D and D, he plays basketball. Racist or just good character development? I want you guys to decide that. <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah, Erica's good. I like that Erica was more involved with the plot this time around instead of just making. Yeah, Erica did a lot this season. She kicked the guy in the. Yeah, she was in, yeah. Uh, wait. Uh, anything else you guys want to add about anybody before we switch over to our final? Uh, I want to talk about Vecna for a sec. Um, real quick, amazing badass scene of Hopper going toe to toe with a Demogorgon with a sword. With a sword, I did like. I did. <laughs> yeah, that was lit. Yeah, the Russia stuff was weird to me. Uh, I a lot of lo- logistical questions with that, but I like the characters that they were around. I like that. You know, Hopper gets another friend that eventually. Oh, what does he die? Do we see him die, or does he? I don't know. It's kind of left up in the air. I think Enzo, I forgot his other name. He went by a a few names, but Enzo, yeah, I think he survived. If that's what you're talking about. Yeah, Enzo, definitely. Yeah, he he survived. Okay, good. The one one person that survives. (laughs) Yeah. Again, I did like the whole, you know, it it was very Thunderdome with the whole, we got to fight the Demogorgon. I like that the Russians had, were collecting things from the upside down i like the big vase with the mind flare in it and then they turn around and it's gone and so we don't know where oh, it is man. and you know my thing is that oh that thing's coming back for will he's just you know he's got to get across the country but once he does he's coming back to take will and 11 and that's how i think season five will go nancy jonathan and steve they steve gets a good character arc nancy gets a lot of great moments jonathan's kind of in the background this time him and argyle though i like that jonathan's a pothead now like that was good <laughs> yeah argyle was a mess dude the whole time. 
him and that pizza man i never laughed so hard when you see that pizza van coming down the dirt road as 11 is getting ready to tear this uh helicopter down <laughs> and the horn honking at the same time like that was great um shout out to jason as our human antagonist um a character that ends up not really mattering much but i like the actor because he was on teen wolf but that's about it he, he does the same thing yeah he too. um he had a very satisfying death oh man <laughs> oh man very quick cut where you may miss it on the first view but it was very satisfying when you realize what happened <laughs> one of the worst yeah, ways to die go ahead Sheldon. i noticed a lot of people missed his death but i i didn't understand how yeah it's, it like, was right yeah, there I it up, like, but uh, it's like you see a human body start burning, <laughs> and he, he screams. He melts in half. <laughs> <laughs> Worst way to die. I never want to do. I never want to melt in half. That is that is one thing. Although I, I can see how some people may have missed it through the tears of uh, Lucas and Max. I I, I could see how. That, yeah. Yo, that I think was the best acting scene in the whole season. Man, I'm telling you. Max, when she, when the moment from when Lucas turns on Max and you realize, oh, she is in her little dream and she's in the air, I was bawling. I was like, no, I was shaking and crying, <laughs> getting ready to throw up. Like, I was like, no. And once that like arm starts cracking, I'm like, oh, damn, they did it. Once, once that one dude stepped on that fucking cassette tape. Yes. That was when it was like, oh, damn, Max is going to fucking die. Isn't she? <laughs> I was, yeah, like, it was over at that part. Uh, I was like, just sing it to her. Just sing it. Bring her back. Sing it. Sing it. <laughs> yeah, it was over, man. <laughs> I like. I did like the deaths this season. I think this is probably the best death out of all of the, or the best collective killings out of all of them. No, <laughs> Chris mentioned the the nerdy journalist dude. I kept calling him Stephen King because he looked like a young Stephen King. But his death. <laughs> His death, um, <laughs> I like how they, I mean, I don't like, but like they, they killed the only other black kid in the show by lifting him up in the, in over the river. <laughs> oh, that yeah. one, that one was a good one. Cause you, you had like multiple witnesses yes. just for the, uh, just for the, the, the jock leader. I can't remember his name. Jason, uh, Jason. Blame it on some cult shit. I was like, bro, you just watch yeah. this kid float above the water, and you're gonna stick by this story that he is worshiping the devil. Come on now, my man's in the water, kicking and flailing and screaming, and yes. you still swear up and down it was him. All right, um, so let's go ahead and talk about Vecna real quick before we end, because again best villain of the series by far i love the whole entire backstory i like how we start off with the creel house and we think it's robert england maybe but then we realize it's his son who was who was just abducted by a doctor for some reason but i like the <laughs> fact that he is the one that originates the superpowers and <laughs> i just i love i love vecna he's terrifying as fuck he has freddy krueger's claws with pinhead's powers like that's i never thought of that i'm surprised someone did think of that um vecna henry one i like that little line what do we call him oh god <laughs> uh shelton what'd you think about vecna this time and his whole plan i want to highlight his plan actually his plan was fucking it it's like you know he wants to merge the upside bring the upside down into their world yep and it's just this the thing that scares me the most about it is just why 
He never says why. His whole reasoning for everything he was doing is just he fucking hates everybody. So yeah, it's like, he just now lives like, well, mayhem. You just want to make this upside down because you hate everybody? You're such a dick. <laughs> no, you, no, you goober. He didn't want to make everything upside down for that particular reason. He wanted to make everything upside down because he felt like the hum- like humans in general were just a waste. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But it was and still so like, like, just because I can type of deal. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like because I, I can, like, but he, he I felt like, like he was cleansing. That was it. Well, no, he felt like he was cleansing the planet. Like, we were the virus. Like, he felt like, like humans, like, we were the virus. Like, he's, because he said he would watch us walk around, like, we ain't never done nothing wrong. And, like, you know, like, we aren't, like, destroying this, like, the, like, the homes and the, the planet and killing each other. Like, it's almost like he peeped game. Like, okay, look, humans are unsavable. I'm going to just create this other place and we'll just start over. I'm just going to destroy everything. I'm gonna destroy everything. We start up. I mean, he had that much power; he could do it. So, he, in his head, it was always gonna be a a, a pro for him because he's gonna be like the king of that other world. Wow. Yeah. So he had a plan. It wasn't just for nothing. You know. I don't know if y'all have ever seen uh, Kingsman, <laughs> but you know Samuel Jackson had the same idea. Yeah, Thanos had the same idea. Thanos did. Hey, I'm on Thanos' side. So. All right. Well. <laughs> At, at least glowing. he had mer- at least he had mercy. He had mercy. Like he's like they just wouldn't even exist. Nice. Nobody died a gruesome death. They just wouldn't even exist. But there would still be half of the civilization to just continue where it left off. I mean, it wasn't a bad plan. It well, <laughs> if we're taking the morals <laughs> out of it, yeah, it was a pretty solid plan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you just look at pa- if you just look at num- black and white, just papers, you know paper and pencil like the main thing that's destroying like our planet just as an example is people it's overcrowding is too many people you hear so, that folks you know, it's... genocide <laughs> but you know what it's, it's one of those things where it's like that's the that's the beauty of like this planet we don't need anyone to commit you know genocide all you need is like one tsunami damn that's true <laughs> one earthquake I am still waiting for Godzilla to rise up out of the ocean. Like that's that's kind of my big thing. If we ever have anything mythical happen, you know, I mean, people. There's the thing about people, humans. People will kill themselves to not face whatever it is that they have to face. Yeah, that's the whole basis of cosmic horror. Yeah, yeah but isn't it? Yeah, like you know, that's just how people are. They they can't handle it. They don't want to fight no more, so they'll die. My only thing is that if you're gonna kill me, you better do a vector doesn't look me straight in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> if you gonna kill me, you gonna look me straight in the eye, goddammit. Um Chris. Do you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh real quickly, your whole your whole take on Vecna and his plan. Now I will say I did not see um that he was a Creel coming, but I saw that he was number one. Really? Uh, the moment that they pretty much yeah, the moment that they emphasized um him in Eleven's training, like when they just kept doing a little reverse or whatever you want to call it, that's pretty much when I realized. I was like, something about him looks very familiar. I don't know if it was the eyes or uh, cheekbones, but I did not see the the Henry Creel reveal coming. And I definitely didn't see, because it definitely, I mean, they definitely make you think that Eleven did the massacre 
And as soon as I realized that it was him, I was like, oh, okay, this this is amazing. But about the the plan, I don't fully understand it. Like, why why did he wait until then to start doing it? Why did only those kills count? Ooh, I can you know, answer like, What about the rest of the kills? I can answer it. So, yeah, um, so basically, Vecna. In whatever happened with Eleven, I when uh, between them and Eleven, Eleven won that match and opened up the upside down for the first time. I know in season one they're like she opened it up for the first time when they forced her to, but this is the first time she was able to at least display that ability after that their whole battle. She sends him what would to what would become the upside down, and that is like 1978, 1979. So we're in the 70s, and then a few years later. As they're forcing Eleven to do it is when the events of season one happens and she runs off and there's the gate. Now, Vegna's whole thing is that him and Eleven have the same ability because Eleven is essentially the perfect copy of him or at least his like spawn. But he knows that she's more powerful because she can open up gates. So his whole thing was that he's going to use the upside down, which uh, which. I, they don't mean, they don't really specify whether it was him that made it look like Hawkins or if it was Hawkins on its own. My guess is that the upside down is actually does have a mind of its own. It's not the mind flayer or Vecna, but it was just copying whatever uh, the influences was happening between Eleven and Vecna. That's my theory. But basically, as the upside down began to form, Vecna realized that it was Hawkins. And that 11 was still on the other side. And so when she opened up the gate, it sent a signal out. And that's where we get the first couple of Demogorgons. And so he specifies that in season two, when she reclosed the gate, um, or she sent the she sent the, the Demogorgon back and reclosed the gate, that's how he knew he could be able to reach the, the other side. And he had Will as a channel to do that. So he sent the Mind Flayer to get Will so that they could open up another gate. I forgot how they did that, but they end up opening another gate. No, it was Hawkins Lab that opened the other gate. And so through that gate, he was able to control the Mind Flayer, which controlled Will. And that was how they took her power away. Or that's how he realized that he could take her power away, essentially. And so we jump to season three, where he redoes the whole Mind Flayer plan with Billy. And then he ends up taking her power away. And that gives him the power to open up gates from the other side. So his whole thing between seasons one and three is that he needs to take a part of Eleven's powers so he can open up gates on the other side. Once he got that in season three, season four begins with him being able to do that by mustering enough strength. And that's how he's able to connect with the upside down to Hawkins. And that gives him his that sends his telekinetic abilities out. And thus he's able to open up gates with each dead body. Now they make the rule that he needs a certain amount of gates, which is four. And so that's why we get the four main deaths. And so with four gates opened up, he's able to officially break through. Um, so essentially just kind of like rounded up, rounded up. Every time a, uh, the first couple of gates were opened by 11, he realized that she was able to do it. He tried to do it himself. It didn't work. So he had to possess people. And then through getting uh, 11's powers, he was able to open up a gate. And he needs gates to open up for him to fully spill over to the other side. That makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. I like to call it. We watch Star Wars and this is how we're doing it. Because that's essentially the it was <laughs> the upside down is essentially the Death Star now what i'm taking is how i think of it 
It's the Death Star. They keep rebuilding it so we can destroy things. All right. Anything else? <laughs> well then. Mm-hmm. No, but yeah. That's, that was a that was a deep sum up. Yeah. I thought it was pretty simple. I did. I, again, I think that if, if there, if I, if my theories are correct, Will, Max, and Eleven are essentially going to be the the central figures that they need for the either this they're going to really you know get rid of the upside down completely, but they're going to definitely need them for Vecna. And Nancy with a shotgun because you know she just knows how to use a gun now. She's popping off with the shotgun. <laughs> yeah, I did like Terminator. the ending. I did like how they set him on fire and then shoot him out the window, but then you look and he's gone like Michael Myers. Like I love that. Like I giggled. Well, when that happened. <laughs> that kind of concludes our podcast. There's only four seasons, but the fifth and final season is coming up. Guys, do you have any predictions really quickly about season five? Uh, let's start with you, Javon. I think that uh, if Vecna does return, he's going to bring everything with him. Like we're, we're going to see all kinds of the whole armada. You know, yeah, like he's going to bring everything. Because at this point, it's either all or nothing with him. All right. Like I mean, how how like you've been beaten a bunch of different times. It's like at this point, it's either you try it all, either you risk it all, or you just stay in the upside down. Just stop coming out. You know, I just think about. <laughs> I hope there's like upside down whales like in avengers how they were just like space whales like i hope that happens <laughs> all right uh chris any predictions for season five the final season a or a few characters are gonna make a return and either somebody is gonna be super powered in the upside down to help out 11 but that's my that's my ultimate prediction i think somebody's gonna help out in the upside down I don't know if it's going to be a dead character, a um, new character, or just a returning character. I don't know. I know one thing. If it's not Will, I'm going to be pissed. But also, I guess I could see them bringing dead Barb back with a, like a shotgun or like a, a grenade launcher or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> could you see Barb with a grenade launcher? All right. Um, Shelton, predictions for season five? Season five is going to be the final season, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So I, I think at this point... With how the show's been going and everything, it feels like we're going to come to a Game of Thrones-style finale, but hopefully not as lackluster. Uh, so everything all at once, essentially? Everything all at once. Major connections from the past. Some stuff we did not expect to see, as long as well as things we expected to see brought back up. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if some characters die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at, I mean, at this point. At least one has to, it feels like. All right. Um, yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention this, but season four does have the biggest song out of the series, uh, Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. That song is a fucking <laughs> bop. It's a, yeah, it, it's just such an earworm. It gets in your head. Like, I'd be waking up days and be like, nah, what the hell? Um, I'd just be singing <laughs> it for no reason. Know, none of us will ever forget that scene where Max is running through the upside down trying to get back to the portal. Hell no. Amazing scene. So, amazing scene. So intense. Um, I'm like, dang, is Max gonna die? <laughs> <laughs> Run! I just thought I was thinking a scary movie. Run! Just, for, just for them to kill him a few, a few uh, episodes. Now, before we end, yeah. I really did not like the fact that Eleven could just heal Max. Ooh, okay. That I was okay with it, just because I figured that's what they're, that's where they were going. But um, mm-hmm. you didn't like it at all, huh? No. 
I can see that. No, it just takes it takes away from from her. It yeah, it does kind of take away from that scene. Actually, yeah, it's like it's like it's like making her the Superman of of like of you know of the whole of the whole show. Like she's gonna fly around the planet and like you know reverse the oh hell no time or some <laughs> shit like that. You know, this, you know, like it just it just it takes what's already like fiction and really pushes it to the limit when you start messing with like being able to bring people back to life. Yeah. What were you saying, Shelton? And the reason that I think that all that is like okay is the fact that yeah, she she stopped her body from dying, but Max's consciousness is not there. She couldn't even find her when she went into her head, so she didn't really save her. Yeah. But we all know Max's consciousness is in is in I think it's either inside of Vecna or it's inside the upside down. And that is one of the best yeah. you've been left with. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. did. Yeah. It's still heartbreaking, though. Like the fact that she's just I mean, in that hospital. Her bed. arms and her legs are broken. So I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I would love, though, if she becomes like the Professor X of the group. She's just in this chair the entire time. <laughs> so they're battling oh for their lives. God. You got it, team. You can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, with that being said, my I have a few predictions, but my final prediction will be that I think Will's painting is a foreshadow of what the final battle will be. Um, like a dragon. <laughs> I think Vecna will turn into a dragon. It'll be Vecna and the Mindfire fused, and that'll be the big dragon. And I guess Mike will just scream at it, you know, and that'll <laughs> that'll conclude his story arc. But um, I I do think that. Either Steve, Jonathan, Will, or Eleven will sacrifice themselves and die. Um, the way I see it, I would rather for it to be Eleven to sacrifice herself and die, just so I can care. But if not, I, th- <laughs> I think as far as anyone else, though, I think Will will be set up to die, but Jonathan will take the, the bullet. It feels like that's how that relationship and that character should end. Or it'll be Steve as just his final goodbye um, and I think that works best for the actor. So that's how I think about it. I think if Joe Carey wants a good, you know, resume, him's d- taking that initiative, 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 and having his character just die like that after giving his whole entire like, here's how I view my future: camping, basically, you no, know, the vacation movies, essentially. I think that's how that's a good fitting end for Steve, but. The ending I can see happening is that Will is the one set up to die, but Jonathan will take the fall, or Eleven will. I go think in. Nancy's gonna end up with uh, Steve. I don't want Nancy with anyone at this point. I just I, I feel like she does well off on her own. I want her. I want her to just go to college at this point. I like Nancy a lot though. I don't, I just want her to just like leave. You've you've endured enough trauma. Just go. Um, <laughs> yeah, just go. Just go live your life. Just. Yeah. I want her to be happy. All right. With that being said, guys, thank you for joining me on this podcast. Chris, thank you for coming back after all this time and doing this. Thank you for welcoming me back, sir. Yes. Hope to have you on for more. Javon, Shelton, as always, Mm -hmm. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for joining me on this really, really good episode. I I feel really good about this one. It may take me a minute to edit it, but I feel really good about it. (laughs) Uh, Thank you all for listening. Uh, more fun coming up. We're nearing the end of summer, and that means we're getting 
headfirst into spooky season. We've got a lot coming up for yeah. the month of August. Uh, starting off, we're, we're going from the 80s to the 90s, actually. We're highlighting a lot of good and a lot of good 90s movies that deal with moral ambiguity and moral questions. I think this is a really good little mini series we're doing, picked out by me and Roderick, actually. Uh, we're doing I Know What You Did Last Summer, the film. A while back, me and Roderick did a little mini episode on the TV show, but now. We're doing the movie. I'm actually rereading the book now, and I, 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 I you'll hear my thoughts about it. Uh, after that, we're doing Cruel Intentions, one of my personal favorites. Uh, one all about a lot of taboo topics, actually. So I can't wait to get to that one. And then uh, Wild Things, another Nev Campbell uh, hidden gem. I don't think a lot of people at least of our generation remember this one, but Nev Campbell and a threesomes. Just sign me up. And that's what? yes, you got to watch this movie, Sheldon. Uh, wild things from like 1990 something, but um, yep, that's what we got coming up. After that, we'll be heading into September and October, and I got a lot of lot of good horror movies lined up for that one. And some, I think, in September, we're actually going to court, we're doing a lot of court movies in that one, um, but still mm-hmm. dealing with a few monsters as well. Some green, some are who think they're actual monsters and eat paintings. There's your hint for those movies. Um, with that being said, guys, thank you again. Um, look for out, look out for new episodes on either Mondays or Fridays, and we'll catch you again on the murder board. <laughs>